and welcome to First Time Moms Podcast. I'm your host, Vish, and this is a podcast for new parents, moms, dads, and anyone curious about all things baby-related and parenthood. Hello and welcome to episode 6 for First Time Moms podcast and today we are going to talk a little bit more about the first few weeks with the newborn. As you all know last week I spoke about a considerable amount of things that you would face as a first time parent in those first few weeks. And so I thought I'm just going to keep this episode a little uh, less on less about information and then share a bit about um, my experience that you could then cater to your own situation. So another um, thing that you probably have never done before ever in your life but you'll have to start doing when you become a first-time parent is sterilizing and it's really funny because when I was pregnant in my last trimester me and my husband we were just going through a list of all the things you need to have prepared for when the baby comes and then obviously we got our bottles uh, the different types of bottles and teeth and things to clean them with the the brushes and things and then we read about you know you have to sterilize them and so on and so forth so both our mum said that they used to sterilize the bottles on the stove back in the day you just get a pot well um no clean all the bottles and teats and things pop them in the pot and then you boil the water and then after like eight minutes of boiling them then they're done and then you let it um, leave it out to air dry so obviously I didn't want to stay there boiling things in a pot so I said let's just look at a few things that are available now and there were lots of fancy gadgets available at Baby Bunting, Big W, Kmart they have electrical sterilizers which I mean if you can afford it and if you want to spend the money you can I've never used one before I just had a brief look and those sterilizers go for somewhere between 70 to 90 dollars or even more I've actually seen sterilizers for about 200 dollars so I told Jerome don't think we need to spend that much money and we found um no actually it was my sister my sister got us one of those microwave sterilizers so it's just a plastic tray and it's got compartments where you can put your bottles and your teats and your lids and everything and then you put water in there and then you close the lid and pop it in the microwave for two minutes let it sit for another minute or so and then you're done you'll just take everything out and you let it air dry so that worked really well for us but then again it's up to you what your personal preference is and then this is not in the first few 
weeks but when we went on a few trips I did take the sterilizer with me the microwave sterilizer and it didn't fit in the microwaves that were available so I did end up boiling everything in a pot when we went for a few trips and that works so as long as everything's cleaned properly and then sterilized it it works well so I actually had a little station next to the sink this is again things you might not even think about so when I first had to do the sterilization I did it uh, before I brought baby home so while I was pregnant I washed all the bottles teats and everything sterilized all of them let it all air dry and then I assembled the bottles and left them uh, on the counter so they were ready for me to use when I came home and it's uh, always easy if you have a few spare bottles and teeth so I had about six because I was pumping breast milk in between my feet and my husband or my mom was usually feeding the pumped breast milk to the baby so it's easy if you have a few bottles at least six so then you can wash all of them in one go and sterilize it and have them ready to go for the next round and uh, if you run out of the sterilized bottles you have those little breast milk pouch things that you can buy where you pour the breast milk into those and then you pop it in the fridge or the freezer to store just always write the date and time that you've pumped the breast milk and apparently if you give breast milk that was pumped during the day to the baby at night they might be more awake because of the chemicals and the hormones in the breast milk and if you give breast milk that's pumped at night to a baby during the day they might become more sleepy so I thought okay Again, this is one of those things that I read and I I don't know the actual science behind it or how true it is I just thought I'll just follow it so I marked my pouches with a.m. and p.m. so I only gave the p.m. ones at night or in the evening and the a.m. ones I gave gave it during the day so that's another fun thing to look forward to I also had additional little uh, collection pots or jars from Avent, the Avent brand because I used the Philips Avent breast pump um, and I highly recommend the Philips Avent breast pump my sister-in-law gave it to me because it was really easy on my breast and the nipples and the size fit me really well I also had another breast pump portable one that my sister gave me which was a Tommy TP one but the flange size the flange is the suction part that goes on the breast that was very small and that didn't work for me so I ended up um, like donating it to mom in need because I was not getting any use from it so I highly recommend the Philips Avent brand if you have larger breasts and nipples because the 
my anchovies is really good so uh, that was about sterilization and cleaning so again it's better if you can ask somebody your partner or your parents or friends if if you're lucky enough to have them around to maybe do that that could be a task that you allocate so you have time for yourself my mom uh, and husband they both did the sterilization and cleaning for me so that was really helpful you also have to clean the breast pump parts that go on you uh, after every single pump because bacteria and dirt can build up and every 24 hours you have to sterilize those parts too so they're usually plastic and silicon and read the manufacturer's guidelines but most of them you can just pop it in the sterilizer whichever sterilizer you're using and sterilize it with all of the uh, other bottles and heats and things at the end of the day so then you've got it ready for overnight use so after sterilization and cleaning let's just talk about having people over having visitors so this is again another personal preference but both me and my husband decided that we were not going to have visitors for the first six weeks postpartum mainly because Bobby was only going to have her first set of immunizations at six weeks so I didn't want people around her um, just in case she might get sick and also during you know it was not too long ago covid was still around the flu was still around and all these diseases are going around so i didn't want bobby to get sick so we said okay let's just do six weeks but when i say no visitors for six weeks i mean like extended family and friends and that sort of thing we still had our immediate family come over and visit so my um siblings partners kids and my mom and then my husband's mom uh, siblings and kids as well but other than that we didn't want anybody else to come and visit us because we were really strict about her having her immunizations first and then uh, having visitors over and this is a I think it's a really uh, reasonable boundary to have or I know a lot of people want to come and see the baby because they're very cute as they're born and everybody's so excited to see the little person you've created they want to see them in person give them cuddles give them hugs so just purely look at them and that's very sweet you can always do video calls at the start and send pictures and videos but in person it's better if they don't uh, come and visit for the first six weeks but that's personal preference again another thing that I ensured that all of the immediate family did was that they were up to date with, with their whooping cough vaccines before they came and saw the baby so my mom and my sister my mom my sister and my brother had to get whooping cough vaccinations and I reminded them well in advance so that they were all up to date before they came um, in contact with the baby if you want to 
uh, no more information about whooping cough. If you want to know more information about the whooping cough vaccine and why it's important that people that come in contact with the baby or infants or babies in general need to have it, I will also uh, link that to the episode descriptions because whooping cough can be very fatal for infants and babies because they haven't they, they don't have an immune system as such and they're still developing it moms usually pregnant ladies have to get the whooping cough vaccine on the 28th or 29th week of pregnancy so that all the antibodies will be then passing on to the baby while they're in the womb and also when you if you breastfeed the antibodies will pass through you to the baby as well so they have the whooping cough vaccine as part of another whole range of vaccines at six weeks so I will also attach a link for the Australian Immunisation Register. It's applicable for all of Australia. I'm not sure if there are certain changes when it comes to different states, but uh, every single baby has a set of immunisations that they need to have in Australia. And it's mandatory if you want to go into childcare. But I am... um, a huge advocate for vaccines because while I was a nurse I've seen a few people that hadn't had vaccines as children uh, especially the measles and rubella um, and how they've had certain disabilities uh, because of it so yeah I'm a huge advocate for vaccines and I encourage um, children to get it because that's that just Another thing that you don't have to worry about because it builds up the immunity. But again, do your own research. I will add some links for information so you can uh, learn more about it. So those were just easy things to talk about, just quick things to talk about. Uh, I would like to talk a bit more about the identity change of mums. And I just want, I just want you to think that I am talking to you right now because I felt I still remember how vulnerable I felt in those early stages I am not usually a person who depends on other people for support I'm usually very I don't know how do you say it independent I can manage my own emotions and things but the whole identity change as a mum really hit me and I wanted to talk to my husband about it because he's usually my go-to person to talk to and the sad part about that early few early weeks with the newborn is that your husbands also usually sleep deprived and tired and anxious themselves and going through an identity change themselves and as mums let's say we've had at least nine months to get used to the changes in our body and you know things are happening so it's not that you've just gone from being single and not having a baby to then having a child you've had your pregnancy and all those changes go through whereas you for your partner they've just 
had this person come out of their wife or partner's belly and all of a sudden they have to get used to it so i i was very considerate about that and i still wanted to talk to him about how i was feeling and we were not communicating very well because we were sleep deprived tired anxious all of those things and i think we also didn't we had two friends um that were very very uh how do you say they were always there for us checking on us most one of Jerome's friends and his wife they were very supportive checking on us while we were at the hospital and when we got home because they were also recent parents they had a toddler and a two-month-old so they they knew what we were going through so that was very very nice to have and to this day i still appreciate it and i'll never forget it and i had another friend who checked in on me a girlfriend and dropped off food i'll never forget her too <laughs> um and my best friend seemed to state so she couldn't really be there for me here but I, I honestly wish that she was here for me because I needed it but she would check in on me again over the phone and that was very nice and what I realized was that this identity change is something that every single mom and dad goes through but nobody ever talks about it and everybody sort of keeps it a secret and i think people are scared to be vulnerable and open up about how difficult that change was and i'm sitting here telling you that you know the change is hard and it takes a while for you to wrap your head around it but even if you're pregnant now, you probably wouldn't. If your parents expecting you, probably wouldn't understand it until unless and until you actually go through it. So if you're going through it right now, in those new early newborn days, you're not alone. It happens to everybody, and just be a bit gentle with yourself. Um, talk to your partner if you can. And you know, if, if it's not a good time to have that conversation, that's okay. Just be there for each other. Just basically talk to each other, support each other, and be a bit more compassionate towards each other because it's a very big change. And I hope, like we did, you have a few friends around you that would be there for you. Um, and if you're one of my friends listening to this and in the future you're going to have children just reach out and I'll be there for you because I know what it's like so I'm not going to let anyone that I know go through it alone and I just want to normalize it that the identity changes um, it's hard it's hard moving on <laughs> to another fun topic is the imposter syndrome it happens with most new moms and new dads that is because they feel like they don't know what they're doing and then maybe 40% of the time you 
you don't actually know what you're doing because you're doing it for the first time it's like think of it as you're going and starting a new job you might know the theory behind it you might have the skills to do it but you've never done it never done a few tasks before so you know how you when you go into a new job you normally have an orientation someone there to show you the ropes show you how things are done there it's the same when you have a child so yes your parents or some of your family and friends might tell you how to do a few things and then you're always going to doubt yourself because you're doing you are doing it for the first time it's like going to a new job and then you don't know how the new scanning machine or the photocopier works and then you stand there looking like a fool you think everybody's judging you because you don't know where the power button is and where the copy button is you know what i mean but it's okay everybody goes through that every single person that's going into that new role has to work out how that scanning machine works so that's what parenting is like for the first time you have to figure it out you have to figure out how you're wiping a baby's bottom for the first time um how you put the nappy on how you hold them how you carry them so imposter syndrome is very very normal again let's normalize it and you're going to get over it with time so it took me about 3 months to fully get over the imposter syndrome and one thing that i absolutely hated about being a new mom was that some people that were parents would always <laughs> try to tell you how they did things and sort of judge you if you're doing something wrong or try to tell you what to do even simple things like how you would um, change a nappy or how you would burp them I mean if you're not actively causing any harm to your child and uh, what you're doing is not dangerous I think just go with the flow and learn there's always YouTube if you really want to look up some videos on how to do certain things if you're not sure about it and like I said there's very reliable resources like the Racing Children's Network and support for parents that I have attach those links in the previous episode. So go and have a look at that. And if you're one of those people that are trying to tell new parents how to do everything and judging them, I think it's time to back off and just relax, let them figure it out. Might be going from you might be coming from a really nice place in your heart that you want to help out, but sometimes the way you deliver things to the other person can be really like the meaning or um offensive so just be a bit patient with new parents and maybe uh approach it in a different way and and like first time parents are always not always going to be competent unless they've had experience of um having other children and babies around i was fortunate enough to have my older siblings that have had kids so i i was comfortable holding them burping them that sort of thing and changing nappies 
so that was really good and I also had exposure to children uh, while I was working as a nurse so again that was helpful when it came to you know them getting sick or how to give the Panadol, how to do the Nerf and what to do if they throw up, what to do if they have a fever or that sort of thing so not everyone has those experiences and has that exposure so just be a bit uh, gentle with yourself and you'll be okay anyway i am going to keep this episode nice and short because last week's episode was really long and this brings us to the end of that three week three weeks of you know first 24 hours with the newborn and then um first few weeks with the newborn so i'm just going to name this episode part two of us first few weeks with the newborn i hope you found this information really helpful and i hope my audio has become a bit better so provide me with some feedback if you can and don't forget to go into each of the episode descriptions because i have linked different products and different websites and resources um, that are relevant to each episode Again, if you're not following me on Instagram, it's First Time Mums Podcast, all in lowercase. Please come and follow me there. And every time I release a new episode, I usually put up a story and a post, so you know that I've dropped one. Alternatively, you can just go to Spotify and follow my channel there. Send me a comment. And if you... Um, subscribe to it and hit the bell notification you'll be notified every time I post a new podcast episode which is usually every one every week (laughs) once a week at this stage so I will see you again next week and until then bye